podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, he's hit the post and he's gone in! And one shot treated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith, come on for Russia! That's got to be that! It's Charles Bart, it's Pearson, it is 1-0 to Derby County! Chris Commons, Belter! What a goal! Another chance for Russell. This time he makes it. The Rams rampant. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. We've we've had our own little early season international break. We've yep. been away. Yep. Uh, we haven't picked up any injuries, which is good. And we're now we've now returned, ready for more domestic action. My name's Chris Parsons, and back once again with the ill behaviour is Richard Kutcher. Hello. And joining him, as always, is the renegade master, Tom Martin. Hello, everyone. So, uh, we're, what are we, four games in? Four and 4.2, if you count Grimsby. <laughs> that was the most important point, too. <laughs> uh, we're four and a bit games in. Derby are seventh with seven points. All um, the sevens. Yeah, except for... Four, but yeah, uh, <laughs> cut and two sevens. Are you are you happy with that overall? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Uh, yeah, I've de- definitely taken two wins, a draw, and a loss. I think uh, after four games, I think you two are both expecting us to start slowly, but and I was expecting something a bit better. But um, yeah, I think it's a nice nice start to the season. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good start. I think if you pick up that many points over four games over the course of the entire season, you're going to be in and around the playoff mix uh, as we are at the moment. So positive, I think. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is that we have had sort of four quite different games already, I'd say. I mean, we've played a relegated side in Sunderland, a sort of promotion contender in Wolves, sort of a mid-table team in Preston, and a promoted team who probably are going to struggle in Bolton. Mm. Um, won the latter two of those. Got turned over by, uh, by Wolves at home um, and got a draw against Sunderland um, so I mean it's, it's, it's interesting isn't it that we've got that points tally from what's sort of yeah. decent spread of games if you know what I mean yeah definitely and I think I think there's been I think we've kind of seen where it kind of where I think we all thought we're kind of at uh, in the start of the season uh, but there's definitely some things that I, we, I've noticed from the first four games which I think I kind of definitely signed that Gary Rowett signed to get things across I thought we looked we're going to talk about the games in, 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 independently in a second but I thought we looked quite solid in 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 both the last two games certainly and relatively so against Sunderland as well so uh, that 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 um, attitude and kind of actual willingness to kind of get the hard work done and the kind of defend properly seems to definitely be seeking in because I think we didn't quite see that against Sunderland did we like the defending was a bit dodgy against Sunderland I think yeah despite we the fact we drew one one um, the defending against Sunderland at the time was a bit all over the place the sort of collision between Davis and Huddleston we talked about and a few bit missed headers um, and Wolves did us over they did a good job on us and whereas we've been much tighter against both Preston and also Bolton. Bolton only had their first shot on target in the last minute and we'll talk about it again but may have been a mistake in the back there but you think if you're defending for 90 minutes and you don't concede a shot on target you're going to draw uh, or at least win. What I guess what you're saying though is that we are sort of starting to settle now <coughs> yeah. essentially. You're starting to see the sort of team that, that Rowell wanted um, and the sort of performances that he wanted. Culminating in which was yesterday um, 
uh, Bolton Wanderers 1, Derby County 2, a David Nugent brace, mm. getting the Rams their first yeah. away win of the season. Uh I watched all of this, or almost all of it, on old, uh, old Rams TV. Yeah. Um, was it Bolton sort of offering nothing, or are, were they as bad as what I suggested, or did Derby sort of help manage the game out? I think they were pretty bad. I actually watched it uh, with a Bolton fan I was with in, in Asia, um, and um, he kind of lost interest within 10 minutes, because he could tell that Bolton just weren't at the races. I think, I think they started very slowly. It allowed us to take control, and I think Derby you know, did great from that. I don't think you can take away... I don't think just because Bolton played badly we can take away from Bolton, uh, from Derby's um, performance. I think they controlled the game superbly, particularly first half. Really should have scored. I don't think we we didn't create lots and lots and lots of chances, but we created some very good ones. Vidra had a great chance uh, through on goal. He really expects him to finish in the form he's been in, um, and I thought it was a very confident performance. I mean, Tom Derby should really been at least at three or four nil up at half time, shouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. Kutch mentioned it with the Vidra chance uh, just after it was 2-0 and then he also had a left-footed volley, uh, which I think he hit quite well, um, but didn't quite uh, didn't quite hit the target. Wisdom also had that chance with the amazing yeah. run. It was cracking to see a full-back actually doing something and then almost producing uh, the goods much better than perhaps, say, Christie last season. Um, 2-0 was comfortable at half-time. It'd have been nice to have seen us build on that and that perhaps is your concern. But any time you go away from home, I mean, I'd always take two nil at half time, and we and we didn't really seem under any pressure at all in the second half. So um, I, don't, I don't want to get too carried away of missing chances. With the great thing is we're creating them, and just on the wisdom thing, we saw him do that a couple of years ago when he was here, when he was here on loan. So it's great to see he's still got that appetite to get forward, and he's still been encouraged to get into the box. I uh, yeah, I saw him score um, sort of score a goal like that on a on a video that the club put out on social media during pre-season yeah I saw that where too. he waltzed past a couple of challenges <laughs> and then stuck it in the bottom corner yeah I thought he's, he's never going to do that in a game but <laughs> uh, lo and behold I mean if you know you've got problems when you're letting this sort of opposition's fullback dribble half the length of the pitch and almost score yeah but for, you know Wisdom did do incredibly well you can only beat what's in front of you though so I don't I don't think we should detract from the, the fact that that first 45 minutes is probably the best 45 minutes performance we've seen this season uh, arguably the best 45 minutes in the first what 13 14 games of Rowett's tenure so um, I think you've got to give it give it praise you, you're completely right there you can only beat what's in front of you and Bolton it looks like are clearly going to struggle mm. um, they just haven't adapted as well as the championship as um, as the other promoted sides um, although Millwall aren't doing particularly well either I mean just watching the defending with both of Bolton's goals I mean the first one um I think I read a quote from uh, Bolton's manager saying that, you know, the first goal, Derby had a throw in. And if you'd have told me that the ball would have been in the back of the net five seconds later, I would have thought that's that's ridiculous or, or words to that effect. But yeah. it was just an easy throw in. Vidra just sort of dropped the shoulder and got a little bit of space, um, dinked it over. And in fairness, it was a good finish. And he's done that his whole career, hasn't he? Just sort of got in front of the defender and just sort of, uh, you know, just sort of guided it into the bottom corner. But it was. It was, it was like a training ground goal it was, almost, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. it? It was very easy, and it came out. It kind of came out of nowhere, as you said. I was watching it with my friend, and uh, and we, we were kind of talking to each other. And we looked over, and we were just seeing it getting nodded into the back of the net. So uh, it it was a bit out of nowhere, and it was terrible defending. But it's great to see Nugent in, in those positions, and also get on a roll so early in the season. Yeah. And I think although Chris Martin and, and David Nugent are very different players, we're going to come on to that in a bit. Um, they both do the same job in the box like you can imagine Chris Martin would have scored both those two goals as well so it's great to have those options do you think, do you think he would have made that same because 
one of Nugent's strengths is his anticipation and movement. Movement in the box. Yeah, but I think Martin's a bit. I think Martin's good, good, good enough to do that in in the box as well. If you go back a few years to the thirteen fourteen season when Martin scored twenty odd goals or so, the goals he scored were arriving late in the box, finishing sort of cutbacks and crosses into the box. Very similar to what Nugent scored. Um, what I really liked on Saturday was uh, Johnny Russell doing pretty much identical to what he did to the uh, Sunderland fullback. Um, on the first game of the season absolutely destroying him for pace and then putting a, a really good quality cross with his right foot as with well with his right foot yeah. yeah and we've given Johnny he's exposed a couple of hapless left backs in uh, the first four games hasn't yeah. he yeah good <laughs> he didn't do it last year at all um, yeah I think it twice this year it'd be interesting to see him again we'll come on to this later with Tom Lawrence arriving but it was great to see Johnny Russell being playing from the right and cutting onto his left because I think most of us would agree that he's not really the most skillful player he's, he's fast and he can find, sometimes bundle his way past people. Um, so it's good that he's been given a chance to play on the right, to show some more skillful sides, to try and cut onto his left. But then he's not... Ince would often be reluctant to use his right foot. Whereas Russell, in the last couple of games, has got to the Bayern and put balls in. Things it over, and, yeah. and set up a great... You know, that seems like really if there's goal. one thing that, you know, that, that's sort of Russell's end game, and that's what he's told to do in every match, just, uh, just get to the byline and do something with it either pull it back or chip it over the top or or stick it in the in the old the old pomo yeah um and he's uh you know he's he's done that with great effects because from that position from so the byline he hasn't got to be a, an amazing world-class boy he's got to put it back into the area he's got either you know, fire it in low or just dink it and it's up to the teammates to do the rest yeah exactly um Carnage. tom was it it was annoying to concede late on wasn't it and i was my heart was in my mouth when mm. listening to it on the radio yesterday thinking that <laughs> We've seen, we've seen this a number of times before, haven't we? It was, um, yeah. I, I was, I was on the way back from uh, from Belgium, and a, the text message came through two one, and I was like, still got about two or three more minutes left. <laughs> and then my dad went, I've got another message, and the, you didn't the, open it. The, the car went quiet for a little while as we were going, uh, carried on driving. I was driving, so I couldn't couldn't even do anything about it. But thankfully, it was a full time whistle. Um, yeah, frustrating, and I think it's. At this point, we didn't see the game out. A clean sheet would have been nice for Carson. Um, he dealt with the crosses well that were put into the box. Uh, we defended well as a, as a unit. Um, I saw the the highlights this morning, and I, there seemed to be some sort of push or trip on somebody. I don't know whether someone just fell over. Um, I couldn't quite pick it out on the on the. Yeah, there was, there was. There was. I saw it when it happened. It, it looked like it was relatively soft, but the, some players kind of paused to kind of. Um, to kind of call for it um, it's one of those ones where if it had been more meaningful maybe Gary Rout might have mentioned it in, in the afters but I think again it's probably another 50-50 yeah I think maybe just need to be a bit stronger there and we need to see the game out um, how many points did we lose last year by conceding last minute goals mm. we've conceded a last minute goal and it hasn't cost us anything but will we concede last minute goals later on in the season and it costs us something if we continue to concede them yes it will um, so it's something that definitely needs to be worked on I'm sure Gary Rout will do that in terms of Derby's uh, attacking players Gary Rowett now has a bit of a striker dilemma on his hands doesn't he uh, because yes. David Nugent and Matej Vidra well at least Nick Blackman's no longer available so that, that, <laughs> that, quand- that, quand- that quandary has got a little bit easier Just, where could you fit him in <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's harsh but, <laughs> but probably fair um, I mean Chris Martin came back to you know much fanfare in the summer he was seen by a lot of fans as the answer to Derby's problems I think Tom, Mar- I think Tom Martin's answer to problems as well I love Chris Martin yeah <laughs> but, he, but he can't get in the team um, Tom why do, you, why do you think that is well I think Vidra uh, we com- commented on this after the Sunderland game Vidra's been excellent he was the best player on the pitch uh, uh, for the 25 minutes he was on the Sunderland game um, 
Nugent played played well uh, and started well when I saw him at um, saw him at Grimsby, and then also you think he scored two goals. Chris Martin's not scoring. Nugent's got to play. Does Kutch does he just not fit the system? Is he just more suited to four three three or what's no, I think what's he, your take on it? I think he definitely I definitely think he can suit that system. Um, I think we're going to call it a two, uh, four-two-three-one. That system with Vidra playing in, in the middle of the three behind the, uh, the main striker. And I think Chris Martin can definitely play that role. It's not that dissimilar to the four-three-three role that he would be playing. Um, and I think Nugent just gives you a little more direct running in behind, which would then would, should give Vidra more space, I, I imagine. Whereas Chris Martin's going to always show for it to feet, to chest, you know, back to goal, and that might cramp up Vidra's style because Vidra has been so. I think. For me, the main takeaway from this season, so from the four games so far, is get Vidra on the ball, get him in space. And it looks to me like Nugent's probably the better striker to provide that. I think that, I think if they both played every game, I think they Chris Martin and Nugent, I think they both scored between 15 and 20 goals. I don't think there's much difference between them there. But I think maybe what Nugent gives you in terms of working in this 4-2-3-1 might just be a little bit better suited than Martin. But I think Martin could, could certainly do it. And I think it might be a case of um, just form you know if, if Nugent has a bad couple of games or is rested and Martin comes in and does well but he might keep the shirt or there's a niggles I think it's a great situation to be in as long as Gary Rout can keep Chris Martin happy and keep both of them happy I think what's what's worth remembering is that it is a squad game at this level isn't it and mm. that just because Martin isn't playing that doesn't mean he's not going to feature and that he's not important um, I mean when we got to Wembley last time um, you know Patrick Bamford wasn't starting much but he came on and, and would turn the game every so often and you have to have options mm. you have to have a plan B and uh, it's, it's it's on the one hand it's good that we have that option but on the other hand as you said it's difficult that Rowett now has to try and keep Chris Martin happy Tom I, I don't think he's going to be unhappy that he hasn't started a couple of games or so as you say it's a squad game we've only had four games so Martin's got a massive role to play this season. I, I could foresee him coming back in September, um, perhaps even this weekend, but back, certainly back in September, maybe scoring, coming off the bench uh, and looking lively. I, I don't think he's become a bad player uh, and I think the comment on form is, is valid. Nugent scored a couple of good goals. Um, he would start for me this Saturday. We then go into the international break. Um, I, I could see Martin back in there in the team and scoring goals. And, in I th- September. and I think they're not two similar players that they couldn't play together either I'd be interested to see in some home games I can't think against what kind of teams it would be but I can imagine I'd like to see Vidra behind those two well it's uh, interesting you say that because uh, I had a sort of a few tweets a couple of days ago actually when this happens come up in conversation and a couple of sort of other Derby fans are offering their views on it um, Nigel Robinson sort of tweeted us to say I'd love to see Martin and Nugent play together um, and Kevin James Wood said uh, what did he say he said if it was up to me I would have tried to accommodate all three with Nugent and Martin up top with Vidra playing just behind them but it seems to do that you have to almost completely change the system don't you and uh, it seems to me that Rauer is the sort of manager who'd rather fit players into a system than fit um, than fit the system to certain players if you know what I mean I think we talked about having both Martin and Nugent up front uh, in the first podcast um, I think playing a four-three-one-two with somebody in behind, and we we talked who could that one be? Could it be Vidra? Could it now also be perhaps Tom Lawrence? Um, Vidra has been excellent so far, so I think it'd be harsh to take him out of it. Lawrence has obviously been a a the number one signing or the top target, sorry for for this summer, and then obviously the biggest signing of the summer so far. Um, 
would you take him out or would you not include him sorry, uh, in the games coming up equally that go- then goes to the problem of we've got a midfield three we struggled with who to put where in that midfield three so this just... uh, this brings us on to the sort of main debate that seems to be surrounding the club at the moment <clears throat> what system do Derby play in and how do they get the best out of it um, we saw it was was it a 4-3-3 against Wolves it was wasn't it and oh god and um, Derby lost 2-0 at home yeah yeah but whether that was due to the formation or not um, is, is a different matter. Uh, Rowett has said, since said that uh, he's going to, it looks like he's going to stick with the 4 2 3 1. So, you know, the back five and then Huddleston and Bradley Johnson in front of them, as it was yesterday and against Preston. Then those three players in front of him, which at the moment are Russell, Vidra, and Vyman uh, behind Nugent. Coach, what I was going to ask you was how are Derby suited to that system, and how do you get the best out of a four-two-three-one? Um, I think they're I think they're quite well suited actually, particularly um, since apart from Huddleston, and let's forget about George Fawn for a second. Apart from Huddleston, none of the other midfielders are suited to that holding role by themselves. But I can quite easily see. Well, I think we've seen Johnson play there quite well, you know, almost quite anonymously. He didn't do anything to set the world light, but he was very solid, which is what you want in that position. When you've got two at the bottom, you basically give the front four license to really go and play further up the pitch. And um, uh, Johnson's left footed as well, isn't and he? Johnson's which gives, gives those two a bit of balance. What I think was what I think is most encouraging, and it comes back to the Chris Martin thing as well, is that Rowett, unlike I think it's fair to say about McLaren, Rowett is not so bothered about just shoehorning in all his best players quote best players McLaren seems to want to always try and play everyone whereas Rout seems to come out of a system which suits the players that can interchange in there and I think with the, the bottom two I can see Butterfield playing next to Huddleston quite quite nicely just like Johnson Bryson I wouldn't really want to play in that more withdrawn role because I think you lose a lot of he's not the best ball player and you lose a lot of him going forward so I'm not quite sure where Bryson fits into any of his system which is a shame yeah. Does just on that though does it potentially change uh, in terms of currently you're talking about having Vidra just sitting in behind um, if Bryson was to sit in behind would he play slightly deeper mm. and arrive later and allow Johnson to to be further forward so I think that's a good point but I think that then becomes a 4-3-3 again really yep. uh, Bryson I don't think Bryson would play that far up well the thing is like these formations aren't always completely yeah, rigid are they like you know a 4-2-3-1 can become a, a 4-4-2 almost or a 4-5-1 but and it's, the 4-2-3-1 a... sorry is is definitely very very close to a 4-4-2 yeah, I think really, but I think there's just more discipline with those middle two. Johnson it's Hudson, a, just more withdrawn. It's a more disciplined, slightly more defensive sort of setup, isn't it? Which, which, it's not surprising that Rowett has gone for that, given that he's he is sort of a more pragmatic manager. And I think it does, and it, it allows you to have that sort of interchange in the attacking positions, doesn't it? Yeah. Like those three behind the striker can sort of chop and change and switch positions, and it allows you to have that sort of true number ten as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Which. Mm. A four-three-three doesn't, and at the moment it looks like um, Vidra is at number ten. But yeah. I mean, Lawrence literally has a number ten shirt. <laughs> so who do you think will play in that position long term? Well, I haven't, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I haven't seen too much of Lawrence. I know the, the full range of his kind of positional ability, but you know, I, I definitely would not be moving Vidra anywhere. I'd be keeping Vidra right where he is. I'd yeah. like to see. I presume Tom Lawrence could fill a fill a slot on either of those two wide positions. Well, he's he's right-footed, isn't he? But yeah. he's played across. 
the the attacking positions for Ipswich last season. He cut in on um, the sort of one thing he did on, yeah. on Saturday. Cut in from the right and hit it with his left foot. So I think he seems to have two feet. Um, but again, I haven't seen enough of him. But I think for now, Vidra is the one in that number ten role. Um, I think Vyman and, and Russell are the positions that you might see a bit of change. But Russell set up a couple of goals and. We haven't decided what Vyman does yet, but he played yeah. pretty well. Well, you say that about Vyman, but he was, um, from what I could gather against Preston, he was he was man in a match, wasn't he? he oh, was, yeah. He he, was, you watched it, yeah, yeah. and you said, it, you said he was everywhere. Yeah, I was watching it. I was in Kuala Lumpur. It's three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't buzzing. sleep, so I, I I put it on, and Vyman was literally buzzing, as, as was I, at <laughs> uh, three o'clock in the morning. Um, but uh, he, was, he was everywhere. Uh, he worked extremely hard. I think I was texting you boys during the game, and I was kind of really uh, singing Vidra's praises uh, at the time. but and, and I said that Vyman obviously worked very hard, but the quality that Vidra's brought was really what stood out. But the more the game went on, I mean, Vyman just didn't stop, you know, right until yeah. right until the last. And I think I think Rowett would love that. And I think after that game, my suggestion was that it would be Russell that would be definitely making way for Lawrence. But then Russell reacted with a good performance on yesterday. So it's all looking good. We want all the players in form. Um, and I think there's there's some options there. I think... If there's a formation that suits any of our current players, it is Vyman the most. Mm. Because that, uh, you know, a 4-3-3, I just don't think he offers enough sort of guile and and close control to his play to play in that position off the main striker. But in a 4-2-3-1, it's one of those formations where, um, you know, you can get those sort of 3v2s mm. in the wide areas. You know, there's little sort of triangles and you can get little pockets of space. And so what I'm getting at is that it's a formation where he can be helped out by other um, the, other, the other attacking players and, and that could work to Vyman's advantage whereas in a 4-3-3 he might get sort of isolated and mm. um, you know he, it, it, he he can't do what he does well in a 4-3-3 rather than a 2-3-1 and his energy is even more important than a 4-2-3-1 because there's even more those two wide ones there's even more emphasis on those to track back and, and work hard and Vyman's definitely got that you know probably the best in the squad for that by the looks of it I mean he's come back completely man possessed yeah I think uh, he was possessed <laughs> was possessed indeed <laughs> I think he did a lot of um, running against Sunderland and I think it was just him doing the running so he would close down yeah. and there wasn't anyone supporting but I think the nature of the 4-2-3-1 it's almost a throwback to the Idiakath Tommy Smith Raziak days when he used to sit Idiakath in front of the back four and then he would just Ping the ball and that'd be like Biscard, Raziak, Smith, like running at defence. It was almost like a 5 0 5. Effectively, we're playing a 6 0 4, I guess, if you've got the two holding midfielders. So you've got four players pressing the back four. Um, I think Vyman's running and energy definitely complements that. That's just Russell's. So that's a good point because we were talking just before the podcast about when was the last time we played uh, 4 2 3 1 uh, consistently. Like the one I came up with was the uh, Commons, Hulse, Bueno, Sifka yeah. team with I think it was Savage and Green with the, the two yeah. sitting. But was that they, that uh, George Bowie team? Was that also four two three one, or what was the formation? It was, it was slightly different. It's a long time ago now. Yeah, I so I seem <laughs> to remember it, it being backtracking a, a five naught five, and I can't remember who the other one would have been. Was well, it Arquez and Huddleston with Ian Taylor? Sa- Maybe Ian Taylor. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I think the important thing about that formation is that. It only works if you have two very solid yeah. central defensive midfielders, which until this season, Derby haven't really have. Yeah. Haven't really had. Sorry, have they? Um, I mean, God knows we tried everyone in that position in in the four three three. As a like, one though, we tried think, everyone. We have tried everyone by themselves in that but, position. But, but, but you know, at some points we didn't really have any. Didn't yeah. have any defensive midfielders, but we're trying yeah. to shove someone in there anyway. But now we have Huddleston 
and Johnson. But Johnson's and, and been Thorn, there. And Thorne's come back later. So we have the options to make that formation the, work. The, the last time I remember seeing Thorne play live, and it can't be the last time because it was about two years ago, was at home to Brentford, um, probably October time, uh, 2015. And Thorne and Johnson played together in the central midfield and they absolutely destroyed Brentford. Mm. Um, and Vyman played, he should have had a hat-trick off the bench. Um we won 2-0 it could have been 5 or 6 and those two I thought looked excellent and I think Thorne got injured um, just slightly after that bit and then Johnson's form tailed off and hasn't really come back but that's my point on the uh, on that defensive midfield position I think we've tried all those players there in a 1 but trying them there in a 2 next to someone that's used to it is a very different thing and I think you can get away with it more if, you, if that's not your natural position if you're next to someone that already plays it you can share that responsibility it's a, lo- it's a lot of work to do if you're sitting there defending the back four by yourself and everyone else is rushing forward. That's a lot different than having a partner there. And I think I think Johnson's doing it well with Huddleston, and I think Butterfield will do it well. And obviously, we've potentially got Thorne coming back as well. We shall see. Um, so we're going to leave it there for the first part. Do you know what I forgot to do? Who am I? Yeah, <laughs> I normally do it at the old at the top of the podcast. So I'll. Uh, I'm sure everyone's been hanging on. Mm. Everyone's, everyone's tuned off. They thought we canned it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't work. That's <laughs> it. It's literally the best thing about this podcast. Um, so Tom and Richard I've got this for you for those who don't know who doesn't know the rules of this by now I know we've literally done it twice get out turn off (laughs) Um, I give Tom and Richard a series of clues about a Derby County player from years gone by Um, they get one guess each per clue and whoever gets it well, it doesn't get anything, to be honest with you, but they, they get personal pride. What's the score so far? It is Tom Martin 2, Obviously. Richard Kutcher 0. <laughs> mm. So have this for the interval. Have a little think. Who ram I? I made 32 appearances with Derby County between 1998 and 2000. How many? 32. 98 and 2000. It's not a lot. No. So 16 a, a year, average. Yeah. Injury. I wouldn't work it out on averages, but anyway, <laughs> have a think about that, and we'll talk after this brief musical interlude about Wolves, not for too long, and Preston, and the rest of the championship. Now again, there's Villas, Asanovic, Daly! Derby have equalised! Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. It's part two of episode three and I suppose we should probably talk about Derby's home league game shouldn't we uh, Derby County nil Wolverhampton Wanderers two um, did, we were just turned over by the better team essentially weren't we Coach? Yeah it wasn't pretty I think we started well um, but Wolves I think Wolves class generally kind of just came through uh, throughout the game and once they scored we didn't really have any kind of reaction which was kind of the most worrying thing I don't know how much again the similar to similar to um, the game yesterday against Bolton I don't know how much was us being rubbish and Wolves being very good at controlling the game uh, but you know we didn't create that much in response and they always look lively on the counter the the important thing when you get turned over in a game like that is that you react in the next game mm. and to be fair to Rauer and the team Derby have done that haven't they Tom yeah we were much better against uh, Preston on the Tuesday than we were on the Saturday against Wolves Um maybe the quality of opposition and I said a couple of podcasts ago that Wolves wouldn't be up there I didn't think the signs would gel and I've so far I've been proven wrong I'll still stick with my yeah, original prediction but, still an um, absolute guarantee that it will is it? No. They, they have got players who 
clearly are pretty pretty handy. They they have yes, but um, I mean they're it's going to be a, a difficult year because there's going to be a lot of teams who are, are very good uh, and are going to win games against teams that you wouldn't expect them to. And so I don't think it's a a, a surprise necessarily that they beat us. And um, we bounced back well against Preston. We created a, a number of chances. Um, it's nice to see Vidra having the confidence to take new, the ball off Nugent for the penalty. Um, and Nugent's the designated penalty taker. Uh, I'm pretty sure he missed his last one against Fulham. Uh, albeit he did score score a hat trick in that game, but yeah, it's good to good to see we bounce back straight away. Should have had more against Preston, shouldn't we? Really, Vyman had a. I haven't actually seen it myself, but Coach, you saw it, didn't you? Vyman had a sort of an open goal that he curled wide, yeah. and then Nugent had that incredible chance that a Preston player yeah, put his body yeah. in front of on the line. block, wasn't it? Yeah, Nugent had two great chances, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, and yeah, we created we created a lot of good chances, and we did bounce back. And I think that, as we said, I think there were two nice games to have to bounce back in, um, but. Uh, yeah, it was, it was as he said. It's really good to see that reaction, and and they are creating chances, and I think a bit more, you know, a bit more clinical uh, finishing. And both those games could have easily been uh, both the Preston and the Bolton game could easily have been four. But against Wolves, it didn't really create much at all. Um, apart, apart from Wolves, though, the days. I mean, if you compare this to this time last season, when not only could we not hit a barn door, but we couldn't even get within sight of the barn door in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Hadn't seen a barn door for, big for, for hours, yeah. And God knows Got we were nowhere near it. What I'm saying is, for a very clumsy metaphor, is that we were creating absolutely nothing in the first few games of last season, albeit under a different manager. At least that's changed at this point now. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because I think we'd all imagine that Gary Rout's first priority at the start of the season would be to get defence sorted, get shapes sorted, uh, make sure we're not conceding. Uh, and you'd think the attacking would then come later. So the fact we are creating chances, and but you know we talked about Vyman and Russell, they're not the most creative players. So the fact that we are the system is creating chances, even with those two playing in the wide positions, work hard working players is is really uh, really encouraging. We talked about form um, and Chris Martin and Nugent, and obviously Nugent scored the two goals on Saturday. Um, I still think there's more to come from this Derby team as we go forward. So I think. 1-0 was good uh, could have been 2 or 3 probably should have been if it was still being 1-0 and was still hanging on in say October November time I could see us conceding a late goal as we did against Bolton which will cost us um, that would be my only sort of reservation so far need to be more clinical in front of goal it's still early days in the season as a whole which can be uh, which you can tell because kind of a top of the championship and mm-hmm. Brentford are bottom uh, in more general terms what have you made? What have you made, Kutch, of the start that the the, the pace setters Ipswich and Cardiff have both made? Well, I think none none of us predicted it, mentioned either of those two teams in our pre-season predictions. No. I don't think anyone would have done, unless you're a, a very deluded Cardiff or Ipswich fan. What I really dislike about the whole situation is Stephen um, Neil Warnock is now apparently relevant again. And I was really enjoying <laughs> I was really enjoying Neil Warnock being completely irrelevant, and now his smarmy face, which the media seems to love, is going to be all over. I love that him and McCarthy, the two. The oldest of old school managers are the only ones in the league with 100. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that I mean they're both. I actually thought about this on the way over, but the old school manager angle and Mick McCarthy is also old school, but he's less annoying. And I think I think people generally look. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I look oh, at him and yeah, think definitely a sound bloke. Neil Warnock, I think, revolting penguin man. But Colin, something is. I think with I think with Mick McCarthy, with Ipswich, it's, maybe it shouldn't be too big a surprise. So I think with Mick McCarthy, he's the kind of manager who, if you give him time. 
and he's used to working on a budget um, yeah and you're not in trouble and, you, and you're not in trouble in previous seasons and you do give him the time to build a team he will finally come up with a scenario uh, or a system which will grind out wins I think the interesting statistic from Ipswich is they've had 11 shots on target and scored 9 goals in their four games in their four league games and that's that's, efficiency. that's obviously not sustainable uh, I mean you were there you saw them on the on Tuesday they actually conceded quite a few goals but if their defence <laughs> yeah. if their defence holds out that is sustainable well Chris what were you going to say I was just going to I was just going to mention the fact that I was looking at that Ipswich team that beat Brentford yesterday to maintain their that they're four wins and four and it wasn't that different to the to the team that Derby turned over 3-0 at Portman mm. Road in January where Ipswich looked absolutely hopeless and mm. they were calling for McCarthy to go and this, that and the other the only real changes were from yesterday were Martin Waghorn and, and Joe Garner up front who are yeah. a pretty tidy mm. championship front too but what I'm saying is that is you know it's not as if they're like a new look Ipswich or anything and no. I would be staggered if they're still up there in 10 games time I totally agree uh, one of my good friends is a Millwall season ticket holder so I had the uh, joy of taking his season ticket on Tuesday uh, to see Millwall 3 Ipswich 4 um, Ipswich w- weren't great uh, they defended well Millwall put a lot of balls into the box they also weren't very very good and uh, they couldn't defend Ipswich pretty much scored every single time they, they went forward uh, which wasn't very often in the second half so the stat that Kutch just gave there 11 shots on target 9 goals it doesn't surprise me from watching them on Tuesday um, there was some comical defending if you've seen the goals in that game as well so I, I don't think they'll be up there for a prolonged period of time Brentford have started badly and I think that was a good time for Ipswich to play them Millwall weren't very good and will struggle they have played mostly sort of bottom half teams so far Ipswich haven't they mm. uh, Millwall um, Brentford was a good result to be fair Barnsley and, and Birmingham I think and um, well I don't know you know the are a good season aren't they they're, they're, I think they're, are they the only team who have been in long the championship days. longer yeah. than Derby oh yeah probably that, yeah. that one that 07-08 notwithstanding I mean Martin Waghorn you mentioned Martin Waghorn I think he's a he's a player we were linked to him three or four years perpetual ago perpetual Derby transfer yeah. link yeah. and he's a player that's kind of threatened to, he's the kind of player I think could actually score 20 league goals in, in this division and has threatened to do so he spent some time in Scotland didn't he yeah it's at Rangers um, and you say that's maybe him and Garner's the only main changes from that team from last season but if they bring in 25-30 goals then that's significant those are the only changes they need to make yeah exactly um, I think and it'll, be a big, it'll, it'll be a big push though from a team that Sorry. finished 16th last season to suddenly become playoff contenders yeah but then I don't know, you look at Reading and Huddersfield so stranger things have happened only last season Tom what are you going to say there I was just going to say I think uh, the signing of Garner maybe replaces Lawrence mm. um, and he played quite well on the left wing on the Tuesday so um, and the Ipswich fans took him in, in good voice had a nice little chant for him um, so yeah perhaps a, a good start to the season would see some confidence but I can't see them being up there for the rest of the season but it wouldn't surprise me if they're towards the ed- edge of the playoffs maybe with uh, Cardiff Neil Warnock said after the uh, after the game when they won, uh, when they beat Wolves at Molyneux yesterday, he said, "I'm not going to do the accent." Um, <laughs> our fans get carried away; they're in cuckoo land at times because they haven't seen this for a while. So, <laughs> keeping expectations well and truly low. Yeah, which, classic Warnock. Yeah, classic Warnock, uh, which is why we don't want to see him up there for much longer. But I mean, what's it? I saw uh, quite. A, I watched extended highlights of this game of the game yesterday. Um, the Cardiff game and I know it's um, is it Menzies Lang who scored the goals is it Arsenal Mendes Lang yeah yeah he scored the, he scored the goals but there's uh, the number 10 striker Zahor 
who is, looks a real handful. I don't think he's scored yet, yeah. but he's a big guy, big, proper championship centre forward, and he was putting himself about, and he looked very dangerous. I wouldn't want to see him up against us. So they seem like they've come out of a system that works with their players as well. I think Sahor, I believe, scored against Burton in the previous game, okay. or certainly created a chance, that, uh, or the winner against Burton in the previous game. So um, I agree, he's a big physical threat, and I think I think Cardiff looked the more likely team to stay up there. Um, Warnock knows the division, and as, as much as you can dislike him, um, he knows what he's doing. He keeps teams up when they need to, and he gets teams promoted or or there and thereabouts when they perhaps sh- arguably shouldn't be. Um, so Cardiff, I would expect them to still be there, uh, there or thereabouts for the next few months certainly. It's only a week or two left before the end of uh, before Sky Sports News go go mental <laughs> on deadline day. Everything turns yellow for some reason. Cutch's favourite day of the year. Love it yellow, <laughs> don't they? I hate I hate this. Jim White flies in on a yellow helicopter. How yeah, in a yellow suit interviewed yeah Harry Redknapp will be on Neil Warnock they'll probably get Neil Warnock on no this can't happen not interested <laughs> the thing that I the thing that disappoints me about it now is that they've now they, they don't let reporters just uh, just report to the studio from outside the grounds anymore no because uh, that was like peak deadline day wasn't it when when that's when all those Stoke fans harangued the uh, <laughs> report outside the Britannia I just, also I don't and believe says one of them had some sort of Adult based yeah. um, <laughs> <Yes>. erotic toy, <laughs> shall we say. I, I don't believe as well, Chris, you and I you and I are both journalists in different fields, but I don't believe for a second that uh, a reporter standing outside a stadium is ever gonna find out anything. They're gonna have other no. other other on the ground reporters, maybe someone outside the training ground or they're gonna have other people feeding them information, probably agents causing mischief. It's just so, it's just such Unnecessary drama. It's just for, it's just a visual aid for everything, yeah. isn't it? It's like when you have sort of political correspondence outside Downing Street at eleven o'clock. Yeah. Sure, well, at least at least bed. Theresa May's in Downing Street. Like you know, Bobby Zamora <laughs> is not going to turn up at you know Griffin, Down, Griffin, Birmingham City, Griffin, <laughs> Griffin Park or whatever. You know. Um, but what I was going to say, <laughs> we got got a bit distracted there, didn't we? Um, do you think? Can you see any more ins or outs for for Derby? I mean, we haven't really talked about old. Uh, Nick Blackman heading to heading to Israel, uh, which was sort of inevitable, really, wasn't it? But very, it, seems, very upset. <laughs> it seems it seems to me that there's going to have to be more outs before we even consider any any more ins. Surely we we talk quite a lot about the sort of forward players, and someone we haven't even mentioned yet is a catchy Anya. So mm. I would not be surprised at all to see Anya go um, between now and the end of August, um, and perhaps on loan or, or a permanent. Do you think? Um, either, he, yeah, whatever either we can or. get, maybe. I think we're not going to get four million for him, uh, and in hindsight, I think four million was a was too much, and he's not been good enough for us. So, preferably permanent, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him go on loan to Cardiff, and then he'd be amazing, and they get promoted. <laughs> <laughs> Cut, do, do you agree? Do, are there any areas that urgently need strengthening? Well, what's funny is I was on the coming over here. I was thinking about that exact question and who's the kind of the dead wood, and I completely even forgot Annie was in the squad. So maybe Tom's probably right on that one. Um, but I was thinking because I'd missed him off I was still thinking of a shorter wide man I don't know if free mm. if you lose Anya and you've got Vyman, Russell and uh, Lawrence if you're missing one obviously Bennett's can play f- across that three so maybe Bennett's then your option mm. your fourth choice for that, that He's there's talk of him being loaned out to uh, Mansfield isn't it I, I think that, that was, was rubbish was, that, that, was that a fake, fake account fake account yeah so <laughs> got me <laughs> sure. um, I think I see what your, your point is uh, Kutch and I agree that we might be short if we get rid of Anya but uh, Russell and Vyman are both ahead of Anya so we want an upgrade on those two mm. and uh, Anya is perhaps a step back so out Anya upgrade somewhere else 
is Lawrence an upgrade on that in the wide position? But I, th- I still think I'd like to see someone else come in. I think midfield were well stocked. Absolutely fine. I think defensively, both full wide positions are probably well stocked. When especially when you think. Yeah. Um, uh, whose name has completely escaped my head our, our young left back Lowe Max Lowe Max Lowe, Lowe yeah. still, still knocking about um, so I think well, I've got, think we've got probably... three left backs and two right backs yeah so... and, and Keogh can play right back could, yeah. could we see a centre back perhaps go we've got Keogh Shackle uh, Davis and Pierce. do we need four centre backs we could lose Shackle or Pierce probably Shackle's on big money you imagine as well isn't he mm. yeah he will be wouldn't surprise me so wouldn't surprise me for a centre back one of those four probably Pierce or Shackle and Anya to be out uh, maybe a fullback in, and maybe a, a, a loan signing, or maybe um, just a youth player to co- come in at centre back as the cover. We're we're massively speculating here. The, the, the long and short of it is, we've, we've got no idea. I think it's quite settled. And I think Rowett's I think Rowett's pretty happy. I think you're right, Chris. I think if anything, he's more likely to get rid of someone than bring someone in. Uh, if he does get rid of someone, he might then bring someone in. I think Rowett's pretty happy with the squad. And as I said before, I think it's nice that he seems to have found a system and he's not shoehorning people in. There's nothing like Nugent playing from the wing or anything stupid like that. People got their jobs, they've got their roles, they know what they're doing. And that's that's a good position to be in just four games in. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens with Grimsby and then Derby's next game, which is Sheffield United away um, over the Bank Holiday weekend. Um, we'll... We'll have, to, we'll have to keep it moving there, I think. Um, so we'll move to the part of the podcast which probably no one has been waiting for, but we're going to do anyway. Um, so before the uh, before the break, I gave you this one. Uh, I made 32 appearances for Derby County between 1998 and 2000. Richard. Go on. I guess. Yeah. That's that's how the game works, yeah. Uh, Marcelo Solis. Oh, excellent guess. And I haven't thought about him for a long time. Yeah, he was, the, he the, was other, the other Costa Rican. Paolo Wanchot, wasn't he? He was like, yeah, but I think that's he might early. be a year earlier. Yeah. No, I think he was a year earlier than that. Yeah, 96, 97, wasn't it? Mauricio Solis is wrong. Yeah. Tom. Uh, yeah, I had a thought, and there's a few players that popped to mind. Um, not a lot of appearances there, so I thought maybe Benito Carboni. Oh, is wrong. Oh, Chris's face. <laughs> you didn't see it. He was, he was later. He was much I sold you with the eyes there, didn't you? Did, yeah. Carboni um, was much later. My date of birth is January the 15th, 1976. Okay. Uh, 20, so 20. Bad. 22. 22. 24. I can see the cogs wearing. <laughs> 20, 24 when he came. Yeah. Uh, Richard. Go on. Again, I think it's too early. Dion Burton. Is wrong. Oh. <laughs> uh. What's your Tom. name? Okay. I had to think about that name there, <laughs> didn't I? Um, Seth Johnson? 32 appearances? In, in that, Injur- in that period. Yeah. Yeah. Is wrong. Yeah. Um, God, we're bad at this game. Yeah. This is the second, second clue time. Oh, we've had the second clue. We've had the second clue. <laughs> Birthday. Yeah. Can you count? <laughs> After Derby County, I played for clubs including, but not limited to, Portsmouth, Stoke and Dunfermline. Dunfermline? My th- first thought was Andy Griffin, but it's not. I was thinking Rory Glatt, but I don't think they've done Furman. After Derby, played for Portsmouth, Stoke, and and done Furman. Both striking out, haven't you? You got, you got yeah, nothing. This is, this is this is tough. To, to fill the silence, did you include them before? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to include them before. <laughs> There's literally no one saying anything right now. We're thinking, and it's difficult. <laughs> I was signed from a club in. 
Scotland. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, oh. oh, no. Tom. Uh, Gary Twig. <laughs> is it you? Is it you? Is it you, brother? Sir Gareth of Twig <laughs> is wrong. I just needed to guess. <laughs> oh, good lord. Um... I think I've gone too far the other way, and I've made it. I've made it too difficult. Now. Have you got any more clues? <laughs> you out of clues. Yet? You, you will. You will. I've got two more clues, and you'll definitely oh, get it. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. No, no, you haven't. No, it's not. It's not your chance. No, I, can't, I can't guess, can I? Um, Dumb phone. No, you have to give us another clue. Because you haven't guessed for about two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most painful who ran I've um, ever been in. <laughs> I scored one goal for Derby County at Anfield. That definitely gives it away. <laughs> and yet, you still haven't got a guess. <laughs> I can't even remember us playing at Anfield apart from losing 6 0. <laughs> Chris Wiggett. No. You've played Tom. Yeah, I know. Do you want me to go over the previous clues? Yes. Because <laughs> he's run out of clues. <laughs> <laughs> um, scored a goal at Anfield. I made 32 appearances for Derby between 98 and 2000. I was signed from a Scottish club. I scored one goal at Anfield. That clearly gives it away. And it? I yeah. also played for. I went on to play for Portsmouth, Stoke, and Dunfermline. I signed for um, Hibernian. I think it's a Scottish defender. Blimey. <clears throat> Are we review Manic Street Preachers fans by any chance? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> getting these clues are getting more cryptic. My final clue, I really thought you would have got it by now, is um, is my my name sounds sort of like a Manic Street Preachers song. Oh, bloody hell, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us what song? <laughs> I think you'd definitely get it. Well, you're not even Manic fans, are you? So... Mm. Um, Can you sing it for us, Chris? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think you're going to have to give it to us. The, um, oh, this is so embarrassing. The, the, the Manic song is a song called Kevin Carter. Tom. Didn't, no, it's not him. Oh, it's, Kevin, it's Kevin Harper, the left winger. <laughs> Richard, Lee Harper. Lee I'll, Harper. Before I tell you if that's correct or not, I'll give you some of the guesses that we had on Twitter. <laughs> Come with that. <laughs> Just to drag this out to be on the realms of plausibility. So we had a few. We had. A, I put this out on Twitter as a bit of an experiment. Yeah, we, we, had, had, we had to stay off Twitter all day. It was horrendous. It's been yeah, painful. It yeah. Uh, Kevin James Wood had a guess at Lars Bohinen. Mm. Ah. Um, he signed from Blackburn, though. Which it wasn't. He? We, no. he signed him from Blackburn. Spencer Pryor, who was last week. Um, Stefan Schnorr. Yeah. Um, he signed him from Hamburg, didn't we? Jack Torrance had a guess at Mikkel Beck. Yeah, he, yeah, he crossed my mind. We signed him yeah. from Barrow. Tim yeah. Black, you can love this one. Had a guess at Vas Borbokis. Oh, oh we had him last week. That was later. That was later. Um, Adam Easton, uh, esteemed musical composer for Steve Bloomer's Washing, guest uh, Fabrizio Ravanelli. Right, he was getting involved. Not even a derby. Yeah, fan I don't know why I'm calling these people out. We, I couldn't even guess. <laughs> um, Chris Beresford tried with Jonathan Hunt. Oh wow! Blimey! <laughs> All of which were wrong because Jack Torrance then came in later on with Kevin Harper. Kevin Harper, Good which work. is correct. Good work, Jack. How long did it take him? How long have we been here? About two days. Haven't we? <laughs> so Tom, that's uh, 
I, mean, I don't you, think he gets a point for that. You've, I, you've, I, I don't think I get. You've won a point there, haven't you? He gets half point. Give him the half a point. Don't, you, no. can't, you, can't, you can't go claiming the really, half points. I feel a bit embarrassed. Are you like, proud of that? No, you no. should be proud of that. Just because you're two and a half nil down. <laughs> I'll take it. Two and it, was Kevin, it was Kevin Harper. Do you remember? Do you not remember we scored against uh, Liverpool and we won 2 1? No. no. And Pablo One Chop scored the other one. <laughs> I remember him scoring against Swansea, so I must be completely wrong with my memory. That Maybe li- that's FA Cup. That game. literally didn't happen. Who scored the goal in the FA Cup? Was game? it left winger, Kevin Harper? Uh, we won 1 0. Right winger. Just okay. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's Kevin Harper. Um, I feel like I've been here a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been here a lifetime, but that will that will do for now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when are we doing this again? When are we around the national break? I think we're gonna try and do bank holiday. Yeah, or not? Uh, just I reckon just before the uh, return to action, the okay. international break, somewhere around then. Yeah. I would say it's been a pleasure, but it's been it's been mentally and physically draining. Well, I've, I've <laughs> finally dropped uh, dried out from being at Grimsby, so I feel you like I'm ready to go. Grimsby, didn't you? That's fine. Because yeah, you, did, you yeah. didn't say you were going. How was your How was your round trip to Grimsby at the B? I had a wonderful Haddock Florentine for breakfast, and that was about the only positive thing about the whole thing. Yeah, we did score a goal, and therefore it counts as one of my lists. That- out of five fishes, how many fishes would you give the fish and chips? Uh, Three point five fishes, like the other half of my point. Three point five, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one point more than your lead over me. I'm trying to work out if I should edit all this out or not. <laughs> um, get rid of it. <laughs> we're going to go now. We're back in a week to ten days, hopefully. Uh, Richard, thanks for joining us. Cheers, Chris. Tom, thanks again. Thanks very much. See you again soon. 